Yeah, so the mic didn't respond right away. I was confused. Nobody we're good. Do I still have to say stuff? Or? No, it was just normally what it does is it blinks first, and then it, when I have to hit it again, I just like, I don't know. It just didn't blink it right away, so whatever. Okay. Yeah. Okay, ready? Yep. I'm good. So. Okay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Top 5 Report, the podcast that knows you always preheat the oven to 6 degrees when cooking Kevin Bacon. My name is Drew. I'll be your host for the evening. Along with me, as always, is my brother Peter. Here. Here? Yeah. <laughs> like attendance? Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, let's just jump right into it, Peter. This is actually kind of a light week for news. So, um, but what are we watching? What are we reading? All uh, right. So last week uh, I was mentioning that I started watching Big Little Lies, and I'm actually uh, caught up on that show. Right. I don't know if you have watched any more of so that at all. So I have watched all of season one. This isn't like a Big Little Lies podcast at the yeah. moment. Like I thought about like right when you said it, I was like, wow, we're jumping right into Big Little Lies, aren't we? Um, no, like, I finished watching season yeah. one. It's summertime. There's nothing to watch right now. Right. So, um... Um, I'll ask you this. Did you... Because I, I... Okay, I've finished season one, and I've watched about two-thirds of the first episode of season two. Okay. So, so. The, the first episode of season two is kind of... Not a lot happens, but uh, it no, starts to get good the next episode after that. In all in normal television season openers... You have to know where your friends are. Yeah. I feel like every television show does this. You start the season, and the first episode of every season is, hey, here, this is where your friends are, and this is what mm-hmm. they've been doing for the past couple months. Yeah. So I will ask you this about season one. Were you able to... Because most of the twists in it, I was actually able to predict. Um, I feel like in hind... Like, when you... Like, the reveal... So there, I feel like you there's two main How about reveals, this? but... If you haven't watched Big Little Lies... This is a spoiler moment. Yes. Um, when you when they reveal that, um, uh, the one kid Max is the one bullying the girl. Yeah. Nicole Kidman's kid is the one bullying the girl. Mm-hmm. I thought to myself, "Ah, eh, that makes sense." Okay. Like that's re- <laughs> Cause like because that that one I predicted pretty early. I on didn't I, I didn't like, see it coming, but okay. I was like, "That makes sense." Mm-hmm. And then when you when they reveal that Alexander Skarsgård was, um is the rapist, you're like, again, that makes sense. Like, <laughs> okay, you know that, what I mean? Like, I, I actually called both of them, like, pretty early on, but, like, with that being said, I don't know that I think the show is super predictable. Um, last week I talked about how... Now, the dead body, I that, I think, was the big twist for me. Oh, yeah, because, like, who, yeah, like that, who was the person that, you know... Yeah, exactly. Um, but I think it's, like, uh, I talked last week about not knowing whether I liked the show because of the mystery... Or whether I liked the show just because I wanted to know what happened, if that makes sense, even though it sounds like the same thing. But I didn't know, is this a show that I'm just going to watch to find out what happens? Or am I going to be trying to solve the mystery and picking up clues along the way? In my opinion, I actually was able to kind of deduce stuff and kind of like pay close attention and figure stuff out. And that's what I actually really liked about the show. Overall, I think like I think the show is really good. I like how uh, the way it's filmed, how it shows like it shows things that are actually happening. But then it shows like flashbacks. And when I say flashbacks, I mean like little bits of information flash on the screen. And it's kind of like, you know, a character sees something happen in real time. 
And then there's like a slight flash of something it reminds them of that was in their past. And it's kind of like a really realistic portrayal of like a story in the way that you kind of have those experiences in real life. Like you'll be walking somewhere and you'll smell something that reminds you of when your friend back in the day did this. And right. you just get like a flash of that in your mind. So I actually really appreciated the way the show is shot. So, and I've, I'm like pretty interested and I got some theories for the next season, but we can talk so about that later. The but. one thing that I, the one thing that bugged me about season one that I didn't feel like got enough attention was Reese Witherspoon's character, I think her name's Madeline, is that right? Yeah. Okay. Some of the characters I'm, I, I, I for the most part know all the names, but <laughs> yeah. Um, Madeline had an affair. Yeah. And we know about the affair, and the guy she had an affair with, his wife suspects that she's the person he had an affair with, but it's not confirmed. Mm-hmm. That never really... They didn't do much. They didn't do enough with it in season one. So I'm kind of hoping that's something that still comes to a head. Okay. And you have a smile on your face. I like will not confirm that... or deny that that's something that comes into play. And that's okay. Day, I just so. there was something that yeah. crossed my mind. I'm like, they didn't do anything with that. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't read the book. Um, yeah. I, you know, just watch the show. So anyway, so yeah, did you? I mean, did you watch anything else? Oh yeah. Just... I also wanted to mention I watched this uh, movie on Netflix called I Am Mother. Do you are you familiar with this? No. At all. Okay. So this movie I think you should watch because you'd like, and it's on Netflix, so it's just right sure. there. But it's a uh, it's the story of uh, this artificial intelligence that is uh, basically set to repopulate the Earth with humans. So this is a movie that takes place. In the future, after so after some, the robot apocalypse, essentially, yeah, okay. and there it all takes place in this one facility where this it shows this robot uh, bring to life like a human embryo, and this is a facility with like you know millions of humans em, human embryos in cryogenic storage, and it's about the first one that it revives and uh, raises, and it's uh, this uh, girl that it raised like this artificial intelligence raises as its daughter, and. Uh, you can tell, like, uh, the robot is trying to give the girl all these life skills. Like, uh, it's putting her through, like, physical training, through, like, different tests, like, academic stuff. And it's, like, training this girl to just, you know, know all the things that you need to know in society. Um, and all is well, but uh, basically everything gets shaken up when another human starts banging on the outside of this facility because she's outside and she's injured and she needs help. And that brings everything into question. You know, are humans really extinct? Who is this person? Is this person bad? Is the AI actually the villain? And it actually ends up, like, playing out in a really interesting way. This, and is, it's, this is totally, like, <clears throat> up my alley of stuff I like. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I'd say check it out because it's, like, I've heard people criticize it saying... This movie doesn't do anything new for science fiction, and I think that's true. And I also don't think it's a movie that's going to inspire like a franchise but, of sequels. But well, that's an interesting point. But does does it have to do something new for science? Well, that's fiction, that's or the does thing. It is, just have to be a good story. And that's what I think is. I think what it does, it does really well. It tells a very like crisp, concise story that actually makes you think, and uh, it's actually shot really interestingly as well. So yeah. nice. All right. Um, well, is that all you watched? Yep, pretty okay. much, yeah. Um, I watched, um, I, I need to read more, but this is, like, it's weird. I was thinking to myself, 
The busiest time for me is usually, like, during, I guess you could say, essentially the school year. Yeah. And um, it's harder for me to sit down and, like, really, like, binge. So any television I watch during the school year, I have to watch week to week. I don't get to binge stuff. Yeah. Um, Where, like, during the summertime, again, I thought I wasn't busy, but I'm actually, like, really busy. (laughs) And, but there's no television for me to keep up with, so I always find something to, like, just watch in the background or, like watch you know when you get home from work and you need a couple episodes to like escape i guess you could say um so there's not a lot on right there's nothing on right now that's really like for summer so uh i am currently watching scandal on netflix oh how is i i think i've uh um i'm like vaguely familiar this is a show that's been over for a while um i had no interest when it was on before um, it always, I, I'd always walk in the room when it was on and it always looked so proper to opera E to me. So mm-hmm. I didn't, I never watched it. Um, so there's a couple things that are really like interesting about this show. So the show, I did not like the first handful of episodes, but I'm very like, give the show three to four episodes to get going, like let it find its legs because you can't judge a TV show on the first episode alone. A lot of first episodes are not good. Yeah. Um, because you don't really know the world you're going to be in. So I didn't like the first episode. Maybe the second episode was okay. But by like the third or fourth episode, I was kind of, I was starting to get invested. So I'm invested enough to keep going. I think I'm like near the tail end of season two right now. I'm really enjoying it. Okay, nice. Um, this is a show, you know, remember we talked about uh, Lost? Um as a sh- the, the show Lost being kind of like the template for what television would eventually become. Yeah. Scandal, if you watch the formula that Scandal takes to tell their stories, it's almost as if, and, I, and, and I'm not talking like in the flashback format, but the way they do their cuts and they intersperse, and they, well, how they juxtapose their storytelling, it's almost as if they're following a Lost format. Okay. So so it was kind of so it kind of bugged me at first, and I'm okay. like, well, this show is directly a product of the fallout from Lost. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I'm watching this show, and I'm like, there's like three or four episodes that run back to back, like tail end of season one, early season two. Um, I'm gonna put a pin in that for a second. There's a movie that came out in 1998. <laughs> okay. There's a movie that came yeah. out in 1998 called Out of Sight. George Clooney, Jennifer Lopez, Don Cheadle, Steve Zahn, Ving Rhames, uh, Dennis Farino. I mean, yeah. massive cast. It's it's amazing. It is probably one of my all-time favorite movies. We've never talked about it on the show, but mm-hmm. it's one of my all-time favorite movies of all time. If we were to do a top five list of all-time favorites, I guarantee that would make my list. Okay. The um, It wouldn't just be st- five Star Wars films then? <laughs> oh, yeah, right, exactly. But no, I guarantee you this movie would make my list. And I've, and I've thought about it a lot okay. thinking to myself, there's a good chance that that movie, Out of Sight, is probably my single favorite movie of all time. But I know that movie so well that... And that movie came out in 98. Uh, Scandal came out in the mid to late early 2000s, mm-hmm. right? So it's been... so. That movie, Out of Sight, has been out for a while by the time Scandal started. There's three or four episodes that the cinematography, like all the camera work, was identical 
to certain sequences in Out of Sight. Weird. And it was bothering me enough to when I was watching the episodes, I had to pull up the laptop, fire up the computer, and do some searching to see if, like, the DP from Out of Sight worked on Scandal or if there was, like, a correlation between producer or whatever. Yeah. Like, I couldn't find any correlation, and it was really driving me nuts. Um, so I just assumed that they went, hey we got to do this scene and there's this movie I really like and you know what I yeah. mean like that I have honestly I have a feeling there's a scene um, that happens in Scandal it's like one scene that is almost shot for shot exactly how they did it that's in that so one movie crazy. and it just caught my attention yeah. and it's not like a director it's not the director it's clearly like a cinematographer or a DP or someone saw that and used it as influence yeah. so I thought it was really kind of do interesting you, did you get the impression that it's a homage or is it like straight up plagiarism like they're I, honestly I honestly I don't know mm-hmm. but I know out of sight well enough to catch it and I was like whoa <laughs> look at that so. it might be a case where I mean I don't know if they did it as an homage or not but you might be the one guy watching and that's the, the show thing I was watching I was watching it thinking to myself I'm the only person on the planet <laughs> who caught this and this is crazy yeah um, so hey if you're the DP of uh, scandal um, kudos if you like that movie because I love it I mean so. yeah it could be I mean I don't know if you have the time it could be worth writing a letter because it might be the kind of thing where the guy's like you know you're the only one who's ever noticed that and then he <laughs> yeah, might no. tell you I mean otherwise otherwise I'm enjoying the show so <laughs> awesome yeah I thought that was kind of crazy when I caught it <laughs> um let's get into the news like I said it's kind of a light week Sounds um, good. not it's not nearly what it usually is so um let's start out with uh how about this you're watching Krypton right um no well I watched some of the first season I really need to catch up so yeah um I, I watched, have not seen I basically. watched a couple episodes of Krypton <laughs> yeah. and I fell off because of time not because I didn't yeah. I liked what I saw I really did I just it was just a time thing My, mine's a uh I started watching it but the whole like week to week thing was kind of killing me and I fell off but like it's a show that <laughs> I knew from the first episode like if they released the whole season at once, I would have binged through it within a week. Like, it's, I think it's a great show, and I really need to catch up. I laugh because uh, basically everything that looks awesome about the show, I haven't seen yet. <laughs> so, where I left off, I hadn't seen a lot of Brainiac. I haven't seen Doomsday at all. I know they've got Lobo in there, and it looks, like, so cool. I just need to actually sit down and watch well, I'm the glad, video. I'm glad you mentioned Lobo, because it was announced that Lobo is being looked at as the as a spinoff series for Krypton. Nice. Like, a whole show based on Lobo as a character. Okay. Um, I thought that was really yeah. cool. If you don't know who Lobo is, he's basically... Take Wolverine's healing abilities, or actually, you know what? Take Deadpool. <laughs> the best way to look at it is take <laughs> Deadpool because of the healing abilities. Like, Deadpool doesn't heal as fast as Wolverine, mm-hmm. so take Wolverine's healing abilities with Deadpool's snarkiness and then make him in outer space and give him, like, a space motorcycle. <laughs> right, right. And then make him a bounty hunter. Like, that's yeah. basically what Lobo <laughs> is. Um, he's a really... Like, I always liked Lobo as a character, like, supporting character. I always, He always made me laugh when he came in and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I was always, like... When you're reading a comic... And then Lobo makes an appearance. I'm like, oh, this is yeah. gonna be cool, you know. So. Um, yeah, this is this is actually my first time hearing about the series. But the more I think of it, just I get super excited because Lobo is one of my favorite characters, and I just think a solo series focusing on him <laughs> would be so much fun. Uh, but like I said, I haven't seen him in Krypton yet, so I don't know if uh, 
I don't know if I like that portrayal yet or not, but I will report on it in the coming weeks, maybe. Right, so, right. Um, Well, also on DC News, uh, the Joker movie is coming out soon. Todd Phillips, the director, has intended that the movie will be rated R. Okay. There's no rating yet attached to the movie, but he intends for the R rating, which means he probably shot it for the R rating. The script was designed for an R rating. I'm okay with this. Deadpool was rated R, and it was great. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you could tell a Joker movie and make it PG-13. Yeah. It's I, really, kind of, I really don't. I assumed it would be rated R all along, but it's just like... You know, I don't know if I ever thought about the rating until yeah. I saw the report that it was potentially going to be rated R. Well, that's the thing is, uh, it's funny how you grow up and like when you're too young to go see R-rated movies, all you want to do is see R-rated movies. And I think you care a lot more about the ratings, but once you are, you know, like 17 year old, years old or older, like that novelty wears off fast and you're just like, don't care as much about ratings. At least that's where I'm at. So I'm kind of like, I don't care about the rating just as long as they tell a good story, but I also assumed it was probably going to be rated R the whole time. I you know? don't care about the rating as long as they tell a good story as well. The yeah. only thing that makes me worried when I about ratings is when you go to watch like a... You go to watch a movie that gets like a lot of attention... Like let's say you watch let's say some big movie comes out it gets a lot of attention. Now this was not the case this is not the case back in the day. This is the case now. Um is when a movie now gets a PG rating. Okay. Um like Star Wars originally got a PG rating, but that's mm-hmm. a movie from another like era basically. Yeah. If a movie today gets a P- if a movie like a Star Wars were to get a PG rating, I'm wondering what's wrong. That's a good Do you know point. what I mean? Or if a Marvel film were to get a PG rating, what's wrong with the movie? Like, what? Like, yeah, they're probably telling me a good story, but there's, like, guidelines. You know what I mean? You can use it. You can... PG-13 allows one F-bomb, and then after that, they have to, they have <laughs> right. to really, like, scrutinize and go up. But there's an issue of freedom in storytelling. There's an f- issue of freedom in writing and violence and all that stuff. So, and, and, not, and I'm not talking about being edgy. I'm just saying that... No, I get what you mean, because I feel like there's a certain um, maturity you expect from a PG-13 movie nowadays, and, like, I yeah. feel like even in the past, like, there are certain movies... It's almost that, like PG is an unheard of rating. Anyway. Oh, yeah, definitely, because I feel like there was movies in the past that came out that were rated PG, and you wonder if nowadays they would still be rated that or so PG-13. I mean, if you didn't know, I mean, I know a lot of people know this, but if you don't know... Um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. So Raiders of the Lost Ark was PG. Jaws was PG. Yeah. Um, Jaws was the movie that made them think... Now, Jaws came out long before Raiders of the Lost Ark did, but it's the movie that made them think, we might want to consider having another rating (laughs) Um, in between PG and R. And then Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom came out, and there's the scene where the guy gets his heart ripped out, that was the movie that made them go, okay, officially, we need a new <laughs> yeah. rating. And then they came out with PG-13. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and yeah, Temple of Doom is famous for that. But, um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I just, I don't know if I thought about Joker's rating until I saw this. And then I was like, <laughs> yeah. oh, yeah, sure, make yeah. it R. That makes sense. I didn't I didn't think of it either, but I just always assumed it was going to be R right. from the beginning, you know. So, well, I'm, I'm down. Let's see it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, let's jump across... The, to the pond and talk about some Marvel news for a minute. So let's talk Spider-Man news real quickly. 
Spider-Man and Venom crossover film. Has been announced. It no. is in pre-production. Kevin is... Feige specifically said, and I thought this was interesting, a Spider-Man making an appearance in a Venom film is very likely, but it's up to Sony. Direct quote from Kevin Feige. Sony is making their Spider-Man universe. Kevin Feige is clearly going, if you guys do something with Venom and Spider-Man, that's awesome, but that's on you. And I don't know if that's Kevin Feige going, we don't want Venom. It's we're focused on a plan because, you know, they have a plan in place and don't force us to shoehorn Venom in because that's not that's not good storytelling. So I appreciate that he kind of said that, but I think that's interesting. So I guess it's let's see what Sony does with that. Yeah, I think. uh, Oh, man. So I kind of read it two ways. It's either the way you said where it's. Marvel isn't going to make a, or, you know, the MCU isn't going to include Venom in their movies, so it's up to Sony if they want to bring Spider-Man into the Marvel, or into the Venom-verse, or whatever you want to call it. But then I also don't know if, like, Kevin Feige saying, it's up to Sony, I don't know if he's, like, if it's this sort of, like, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, like, we've given Sony, like, a list of requirements they must meet in order to include Spider-Man into it. And it's like, oh. it's up to them if they want to follow that. Like, Oh, that's interesting. That's why I don't know how cryptic it really is and if it's just like this. I didn't like think this, about like, it that way. That's interesting. You know, it's up to Sony, you know, all they have to do is reboot Venom, but if they do, they can include it, you know? Yeah, so. right. <laughs> um, well, the other Spider-Man news, did you see the countdown that happened on Twitter? No, no not at this all. This was weird. So, four days ago... So today, uh, at the time of this recording, is June 20th. So four days ago, um, on Twitter, there was a number four. It was literally just a picture of the number four in webs got posted. Okay. And it said, Spider-Man news incoming. And the internet exploded and thought that meant Tobey Maguire was coming back for a fourth Spider-Man movie. <laughs> yeah, because that's what... I remember Spider-Man 2 being announced, and I think it was very similar. Yeah. Was it two? Did they use the PlayStation font for the uh, 4, or was it a new font? That's my it question. It was kind of like a new font. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the next day, they released a picture that had the number 3 in webs. And then 2, and then 1, and then the news dropped today, and I was like looking at the... I kind of counted it out, and I was like... Oh, man, the news is going to hit right before we hit the record button. Oh, nice. So we'll know what it is. The big Spider-Man news is J.J. Abrams and his son are writing a Spider-Man miniseries for Marvel Comics. Oh, okay. So it was a comic book news thing. So if you saw these Twitter posts where they were just doing like a little Spider-Man countdown, it wasn't for a movie or a TV show or anything like that. It was a Spider-Man series written by J.J. Abrams and his son, which I actually think is really cool to see Abrams tackle something like this. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he's kind of in Star Wars land right now. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I know. That, that's, that's I think that's really, really cool neat. just to see him cross over to comics. Yeah, it is really <laughs> neat, and it is cool to see... Um, Marvel still holding their, like, comic books at high enough regard that they would do a big countdown like that and stuff and remind people, you know, it's not only about the movies. Like, there's this whole comic book world that, surprise, surprise, has superhero stories going on in in it as well. And here's the thing about the comic book world of the superhero stories is for a movie, we have to wait X number of years or whatever for the movie to come out. I could go to the comic book store and continuously read superhero stories (laughs) and never get to an ending. Like, there's no way you can consume all that. No, So it's always there. So it's just awesome that... Here's the thing. The comics should always be influencing the movies, not the other way around. 
Yeah. So, um, let's talk about Avengers because this is uh, this hit uh, this week, mm-hmm. and um, so before we talk the Avengers news that dropped, um, let's take a look at the Avengers box office. Okay. <laughs> right. Avatar is the number one movie, and I, I guarantee you. There's the the Avengers news we're about to tell you is because of um, what I'm about to say. Avatar's box office. Avatar is the number one movie worldwide. Period for box office dollars. It sits at two billion seven hundred eighty-eight million. Avengers Endgame is number two on the list, sitting at two billion seven hundred forty-four million. Hmm. Okay, like they're so close, right? Yeah. So, but Avengers Endgame's theater run is about to end. Okay, now, here's the thing about Avatar. Avatar had two releases. They re-released it around Christmas time for Oscar push, just to, just to remind the Academy that this amazing movie came out. And that yeah. happens a lot sometimes. Not It doesn't happen as often as, when I say a lot, not as often as you would think, but every now and then they'll be like, hey, don't forget about us, and they'll re-release the big movie back in theaters. Yeah. Avengers Endgame is releasing, um, is being re-released in theaters next weekend. So that would be the weekend before Spider-Man Far From Home releases. <laughs> yeah. Um... So the weekend before 4th of July, Avengers Endgame's re-releasing in theaters with extra scenes and post-credit scenes. Now, you ask yourself, it's already a three-hour movie. (laughs) So I looked it up. So give me one second to pull up the uh, thing that I found. So Avengers Endgame with the bonus scene sequence are... And by the way, I'm not... I will buy the Blu-ray with the extra stuff. I will not... Because if they're you gonna won't have be that, going to see it in theaters again, I, here's the thing: it's going to release right before Fourth of July. Because of the things going on in my life, there is no way I will have time to see it. So if yeah. you go, you have my permission to spoil <laughs> any extra stuff you no, see. No, I uh, I'm in the same boat. I probably um, I'm going to have it's, I'm going to have well. to wait like almost two weeks after Spider Man's out to actually see the movie. So it's just it's it's kind of bumming me yeah. out. So I'm like, there's no way I have time to squeeze Endgame into my schedule. Right. Um. So Avengers Endgame with bonus content is set to premiere in theaters starting June 28th, and the runtime will be three hours and eight minutes. So how far did it go up? Eight minutes. Okay. That's interesting. So, I'm kind of curious. <clears throat> did you find out, is, uh, in the actual film, are they including extra scenes? Yeah. It's okay. like an extra scene. It's like one extra scene. According to Kevin Feige, it's one extra scene, a couple surprises, and bonus and credit, um, <laughs> nice. and bonus credit sequence or whatever. The couple extra surprises might be just parts of the uh, whole, like, war sequence at the end Maybe they added in, like... What I... If you don't know a lot about filming, that's eight minutes. That's not a lot of time. What I can tell you, though, is that when you look at a piece of film, one minute of screen time is an incredibly long amount of time it's ridiculous how much you can pack in to 60 seconds mm-hmm. on film so eight minutes added to avengers endgame could very well feel like a lifetime depending on what it's being added 
Yeah. We don't know. It could be an extended. It could be a scene that's got extended a minute. It could be like literally just a shot of something to get you excited for something <laughs> later. Like yeah. I, I have no idea. I feel like everybody experiences that when they're like in high school and their teacher gives them an assignment and they chose to do a uh, video project for it, but the teacher says like, "Oh, it has to be at least five minutes," and just trying to fill those minutes with like your little oh group man, project, and you're like, just like, and you, or like you get the speech. That you have to do, and they're like, oh, it's yeah, got to yeah, be exactly. like this long, and you go yeah. in the bathroom, and you practice it in front of the mirror, and you're like, oh my god, that I'm like 12 minutes short, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> um, but I was led to believe, and I don't know if this was just from talking to friends or an article I read about this release um, of Endgame, was that most of the footage is going to be behind-the-scenes stuff that's going to be either like after or during the credits, so I just don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm like... If I feel like they've added a lot to the actual movie, or if it's it sounded like there's at least like a, it sounded like it's at least one scene that's added to the movie, yeah, and then a couple surprises. So these couple surprises could be they've adjusted a shot, and there's actually a prop sitting on a table, and you got to keep an eye out for it. You know what I mean? Right. Like, well, that's that's what I was thinking about. Like, because at the end of the big fight scene, I know some people like thought certain characters didn't get enough screen time so maybe there is like a couple like punches or jabs that there might so be. and so had that they edited out well, originally not only that, and how they're including. if you look um if you look right over so when the portals when the portals are opening in that end fight and everyone's coming out and joining the fight if you look over i want to say it's bucky's shoulder uh, Howard the Duck enters the screen. <laughs> I think I saw him. So, um, I just, you know what I mean? That's just, <laughs> so we don't know. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm excited to see it. And I hope that that's the version that they release like on Blu-ray when it finally comes out or when it's home release, that's the version I can watch. Um, that's true. I kind of, I just know that I don't have time to go to the theater and watch this. I'm a little bit like, but Hey, that'll push them over. That will push them over. <laughs> The Avatar bubble. Yeah, and I feel like that might be the real reason. That's the real that reason, let's be honest. I uh, I personally actually don't know how I feel about it, because I did feel like that original version was so like tightly scripted together that I don't yeah. know if like it really... I don't think it needs anything. No, it doesn't. You know? They need to beat Avatar. That's true, yeah. <laughs> that's, but I, that's the ultimate goal. I'll let's also say, like, I did really love uh, Deadpool 2, the super-duper cut, so maybe they do add some worthwhile stuff in there. Yeah, so. have you watched, speaking of Deadpool, have you watched Once Upon a Deadpool? No, I haven't seen it. Have you? Uh, yeah, and I wasn't a fan. Really? Yeah, they edited, they had to edit it to make it PG-13, so even though they added some sequences to, that are funny... yeah. There's so much stuff that I there's so many sequences that I love that had to get that got removed that kind of bummed me out. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> Dang, yeah. So if I mean if I saw Once Upon a Deadpool for the first time, without having the knowledge of the other movie, it probably would have been good. But because yeah. I had knowledge of the actual movie, like it's ugh, no, <laughs> no, not for me. Fair enough. Um, you had a Harry Potter game you told me about. Okay, yeah. So there's a. Okay, so it's <laughs> there's like so much that I'm like trying to figure out how to start this, but a long time ago, I think it was two or three summers ago, this little game came out that a lot of people played called Pokemon Go. That the like the few weeks to a month little game, the, <laughs> yeah, I know, I say it, <laughs> and a long time ago, yeah, well, people are still playing. Yeah, Pokemon but but Go. It, but it was it was uh, 2016, I think. So three. I years have ago seasonal it came employees out. that play it in the truck while we're driving where we gotta go. Right. 
Um, and we can talk about that too, but that kind of annoys me as well. <laughs> but, but so this game came out, and it was actually really exciting. When Pokemon Go came out, ev like not everybody, but there's a lot of people who played, and there was just like this general excitement in the air about the game. Like you would go to like downtown areas of like decently sized like cities and just people would be out in flocks playing this game catching pokemon everywhere everybody was running around it seemed like there's this really excitement with life you know what i was um, doing on my twitter feed when that was going on i'd complaining find about no it no i'd find like an insect yeah and i would take a picture of it and then posted to Twitter, and it would I'd put hashtag real life Pokemon, <laughs> right? right <yeah. laughs> and then like <laughs> I had a couple of posts like that as well. But uh, so and the, like I think uh, eventually people since Pokemon Go is such a simple game, I think the excitement about it died down a little bit, except for certain people who like got really hardcore into it and are still playing the game. But I remember when it came out. There is so what? It's June twentieth. I don't know what the date is, but real soon here is um, Chicago Pokey Fest or whatever it is. Right. Yeah, so. Um, but I think, uh, where was I? So one of the things a lot of people talked about, and I don't know why it was, but everybody was like, they need to do this for Harry Potter. And I talked to mo multiple people, and this idea came up. And I think, when I think about it, I think... The Harry Potter fan base and the Pokemon fan base are, are close the same enough. Fan base. Yeah, they're close enough in age that there's so much crossover, and Harry Potter's like another just huge franchise. And you know who doesn't love the world of Harry Potter? Like everybody wants to go to Hogwarts. Come on, so that was just a thing I heard a lot. Like, yeah, they got to do this for Harry Potter. And there was even somebody who made like a prank video about harry potter go that like was released on youtube and there's like a lot of people who believed like there actually is a harry potter game in the works for this that's like pokemon go right so flash forward to 2019 i think it was earlier this week they released a trailer for harry potter wizards unite which is exactly what everybody had been dreaming of for this whole time which is a harry potter game that's like pokemon go um it's essentially made by the same creators as Pokemon Go, uh, Niantic, and uh, yeah, it comes out tomorrow as of this recording. So June 21st? Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure, yeah. Um, so by the time this comes out, um, we're probably well into playing it. It's awesome. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah, it'll be interesting for the people listening back on this. But uh, So my thoughts on it, well, first of all, they released a trailer. Did you watch the trailer? Because I, I did not. I, you okay. sent it to me at a weird time, so, and I'm like, I don't have time to look at that right now. And then this was a trailer that I, like, I saw, and I was like, wait, is this what I think it is? And I started watching it, and I found out it is what I think it is, but it was so long. Because <laughs> you're watching the trailer, and the trailer tells the story, shown in live action, of a girl with a wand who is running around in the real world and fighting all sorts of, like, magical creatures and evil wizards and stuff, but they don't show any gameplay, and it's three minutes of you watching <laughs> this, and you're like, when are they going to show the freaking game? So then the last ten seconds, they finally show the game, and it looks, like, almost identical to Pokemon Go in that all they really showed was that it's going to be an AR game or, or augmented reality you're going to see a real-life bat background with some sort of either dark wizard or magical creature on, like <coughs> augmented on onto the screen for you, and you are going to have to like fight that creature. They didn't really re reveal what else you can do in the game. Right. I'm kind of... 
I'm kind of nervous, especially since it's Niantic making it, that that's all there is going to be to the game. Well, it's just wandering around Pokemon, and fighting random. Pokemon Go has heavily evolved. I don't play it, but I know people who do, and they've talked to me about yeah. it. It's very heavily evolved to, from what it sounds like, a legitimately decent game. So Harry Potter only has the time, right? And that's... Yeah, I mean, that's true. And that's like... I will be playing this game. I hope it's awesome. Like, I am excited about it. I have, uh, I work with a lot of people as well who still play Pokemon Go a lot, who are still excited about it. But, I mean, I gotta say, a long time ago on an episode, I was talking about uh, Walking Dead Our World, which is another sure. similar game. And uh, Walking Dead Our World has, like, everything in it I want in one of these games. Like, it has more engaging battle sequences where you're shooting zombies. It has, like, you can set up a base camp, like, build a hospital, a base, an armory. And, like, Pokemon Go, I don't know, I haven't played it for a long time, but when I left that game, it still wasn't quite there, I guess was what I'm trying to right. say. So I hope Harry Potter, Wizards Unite is, but we'll see, I guess is where yeah. I'll leave that. So, yeah. All right. Very cool. <laughs> um... Well, let's. We have one more piece of news, and then we'll talk our we talk our list for the night. So, Hunger Games. Were you a big Hunger Games fan? Um, yes and no. Okay. Did you read the books? <laughs> no. Okay. Did you watch the movies? Mostly. Mostly. <laughs> I I watched. Okay, so I watched all of the Hunger Games movies except for the last one, and I remember oh. each one getting progressively more excited about the series. And for some reason, when the last one had came out, I just lost Never interest. <laughs> so. Um. I've seen all the movies. Yeah. I I really wanted to read the books. So, and I was like, and I got all three books. And then it was probably like a month before the first movie released that I got the books. And I read, and I was like, okay, I got to get the first one done before the movie comes out. I had all three done before the movie came out. And it was great. Um, yeah. The second book is probably my, probably my favorite. And what's weird is that the second movie, just like, is almost, again, almost, I think, my favorite. But uh, apparently, Susan Collins, the author, is writing a prequel novel to Hunger Games. Okay. Which will take place 46 years, I think is what she said, before the events of the series we already know. So 40 years in the past, which is kind of cool because we're going to... I'm not sure what we're going to see, other than yeah. the fact that it's already grounded in the idea that this is, you know. Yeah, I wonder if it, are they going to show, like, the origin of, like, how this, like, universal came government came to be, like, Pan Am or whatever yeah, it's maybe. called. But then I also feel like, is 46 years before really long enough? But to tell an origin story of how Or Or for the thing. world to end up, like, for some reason I like the idea of Sector 12 being kind of ignored for way longer than like 46 years before you know the events of the actual yeah. Hunger Games story yeah and I agree place. and I'm not I'm not really sure there's not a lot about it it was just working on a prequel yeah. and Lionsgate is already in talks to say oh you are let's make a movie how does this work <laughs> oh yeah I'm sure so, um, yeah I yeah. mean, Lionsgate is just, like, waiting. Like, when can we make another Hunger right. Games movie? I'm not... Yeah. So, yeah. I'm I'm a fan of Hunger Games. I'll be there. I'm excited. Whether it's reading... If a movie never gets made, I'll probably yeah. read the book, so... Right on. Was, yeah. Did I get that right? Sector 12? It's been a it's while since... Sector 12. Since, okay, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> District 12. Oh, fair District enough. District 12, not Sector 12. Um, all right. Well, let's... You ready to do the list? Yeah. 
All right, so uh, list time, everybody. Ryan. And now for the top five. Okay, Peter, this was yeah. your pick. So I'm going to let you kind of explain it, and yeah. then we'll go from there. Well, so uh, San Diego Comic-Con is coming up. Um, it's also just con season. And uh, not only because I want to help the audience, but I also know that uh, I want to kind of have that con vibe going a little bit. I thought it'd be fun to talk about our top five tips for con goers. So this is very helpful if you have been to have never been to a con before, but it's also like, you know, it's a good refresher, but it also might bring up some interesting stories and tidbits from us. So. I found this list difficult. And easy at the same time, because right. when you told me, I was immediately like, oh, yeah, okay, like, this is stuff that I feel like I tell people all the time when they say, how do I, you know, what do I need to know? Yeah. Um, I like the idea of doing this list just because it's con season, and, you know, we had C2E2, and then immediately I had Star Wars Celebration, and, like, I'm going in as a vet, so I know what I'm getting yeah. myself into. Um, and there's a lot of people who don't seem to have any clue about yeah. how the convention circuit works, and it's not like, and I'll... Put it. Let me put it this way: There is no, um, there is no necessarily. It's not like a party that you're not invited to, and it's not like a club you have to join. Anyone can go, but this can be very overwhelming if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> yeah. So it's kind of good that we're doing a list mm -hmm. like this. So well, and I've just heard so many people when it's their first con ask me. Oh, I've never been before. What do I need to know? And I always think it's a funny question because I'm like, what do you mean? What do you need to know? But it's true. Like, people do want to hear, like, what do you, what can they expect? What do they need to bring? Yeah. Do I need to cosplay, et cetera, et cetera. Cosplay so. is not required at all. You don't, yeah. you technically don't need any nerd attire. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, how about this? I have no honorable mentions. Okay. Do you? Yes, and I, I hope I'm not spoiling any of yours, but I no. did the... I'm fully convinced that you and I are going to match everything, so whatever you say for I'm honorable curious. mentions, I'll I'm just really keep my curious. mouth quiet. So. Um, so, I took the... I kind of combined... I... <laughs> I, I'm kind of, I think I know what you're about to say, but my whole list kind yeah. of piggy... Each item piggybacks on itself. Okay. The, uh, for my honorable mentions, I used the most common con tips I've ever heard as them. So we can just get those out of the way. Okay. But not to neuter any of your picks, but my first one is eat slash sleep. So that's no. the one I combined. This is something where it's just, if you're going to a con, especially if you're going to stay in the hotels, make sure you take care of yourself. You know, you can't stay up a full And, and the next one you're going to say is deodorant, right? <laughs> <laughs> Close. The next one is actually shower, but okay. that's always the joke. Like, you go to a comic convention or an anime convention or a gaming convention, and it's like every 10 people you walk by just reek of BO, and you don't want to be that guy, so just make sure you practice hygiene, you know? This is a lot of people <laughs> packed into one space, so just make sure you're being considerate <laughs> of people in that way. All right. That's, and then, um, would that go into your choices? I think? Yeah. So my first actual pick, uh, you said eat slash sleep for yeah. your um, for your first pick. My my first pick uh, on my list was snacks. Right. Um, I don't know if I've ever been to a convention where you haven't been able to. I mean, they don't they don't question. Oh, hey, you have a bottle of water. You know what I mean? And I I walk around with a backpack 
so I can, you know, because you're going to buy stuff and you're going to pick stuff up and you need some place to carry it. It's just way easier if you have a backpack. Yeah. I always have a bottle of water in my backpack and I always have like maybe like one or two granola bars. Con food is expensive. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing wrong with going, oh man, I could really go for a pretzel or go for, or like, oh, I need another bottle of water. And you buy like one or two snacks, but con food's expensive. So having like a granola bar in your bag is really nice if you need to quickly get a, you know, pick me up. So Definitely. That's why I just had snacks on. I just snacks in a general sense. Bring some, smuggle them in. No yeah. one really says anything. You know, you'll see a lot of people snacking out on their own anyways. Definitely. I kind of matched you. I phrased it, uh, bring your own food. Okay. And this is something that I had gone to so many cons before. And uh, I remember listening to another podcast or something where a similar topic came up and somebody said, bring your own food. And it just kind of clicked in my head like, oh, he's totally right. Because you do need to bring your own food to these things. Because like you said, canned food's expensive. But all not only that, it's usually not very good. Like it's usually on the level of like carny or cafeteria food. You're going to pay way too much for a slice of pizza that's not that well, great. Well, what if... And just, uh, just okay. So, forget the forget the how expensive the food is. Think about the fact that oh hey, I wanted to go see this panel, but I know I got to get there early. Yeah. Because it's gonna like oh man, Paul Rudd has got his Q and A panel going, and there's gonna be like two hundred some people trying to get in the room, but you want a good seat, so you got to get there early. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm a, you get you get there early and then you're sitting there waiting for like an hour and a half. Well, you can't go get food. <laughs> yeah. So definitely. it's probably a good idea to have something in your bag to like snack on. Yeah, for sure. Um, I do remember kind of a funny story related the, to this too is uh, the very first C2E2 they had in Chicago. Uh, I went to and by uh, someday I was kind of just sick of you know spending 15 bucks on like a slice of pizza and a drink that you know I'd been doing yeah. all weekend. So that last day I just didn't feel like. You know, I betrayed my list, I'm telling you now, because I didn't want to buy food. Uh, so at a lot of cons, you'll notice they'll uh, be handing out, like, samples of different energy drinks and stuff. And uh, that oh, last geez. day, that was pretty much my meal. <laughs> so it's just getting as many of those free samples as I could. Man. So I wouldn't advise that, but I do think it's humorous. So. Yeah, you know, there's nothing wrong with a pick-me-up, but I would not advise energy drinks at all <laughs> during a convention. Um, um, so that would go back to you, then. That would go back to me. Okay, um, research, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw research out there. I've been trying to figure out a good way of ordering these. It's more of a list of, like, don't think about it too important. So I'm going to say research the convention you're going to. Um, I You really need to, if it's C2E2, that's, it's San that's Diego your Comic-Con, is yeah, research. research. Okay. Um, if you're going to San Diego Comic-Con, if you're going to C2E2, if you're just going to, like, ASIN, um... What you really need to do is look up the convention, go to their website, find out what the situation at the convention is. And I'm not, and I'm talking parking, I'm talking ticket prices, I'm talking um, who's showing up as a guest, I'm talking like vendors, there are con exclusives. I don't know if you saw San Diego Comic-Con, I'm really jealous of this because I can't go. Um, this is the 80th anniversary of Batman this year. Have you seen the Lego exclusive for San Diego? No, I haven't seen it yet. It's, okay, basically what it is, it's a, um, like a little Lego set of a corner of a rooftop 
with a gargoyle hanging off of it, and then on top of the gargoyle is Batman. That's cool. And then behind Batman is a Lego-built wall of the city of Gotham City with the bat symbol on it. Oh, wow. And a little plaque in the front that says Batman 80 years. <laughs> that's really cool. And I'm like, that's amazing. Is it, uh, so it's a, it's a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. So I was I, like, I have to get this Lego set, and I'm like, ah. Oh. It's pretty big, I take it. Like, Batman's actually made out of a bunch of Lego No, it's, it's Batman's a minifig. Oh, really? How do um, they make the... Uh, how do they make the city background of that clear? I will, That's what I'm curious about. When but. we're done recording, I'll look up a picture and show you. But <laughs> I saw sure. the Lego set, and I'm like, oh, my God. And mm -hmm. then there you go. That's really cool. So, um, But, no, research what's going to be there because if you've never gone to a con, you kind of need to know what you're getting into. If you have been to a con before, it's really nice to get an, to start formulating an idea of what you want to see. Because that'll really dictate what's happening. Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, just the researching. Like you, you really need to know what's going on, even if it's asking a friend who's been to the con before, and you're like, "Hey, what should I do? What do I need to know?" Or yeah. listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but seriously, research because I found because I did research and there was guests that like there were comic book like creators there that I'm like, oh, I want to get these things signed. And I dig through my collection, find the books, throw them in my bag because I'm going to go try and find them mm -hmm. at some point in the convention and trying to get an autograph. <laughs> maybe I got it. Maybe I didn't. But yeah. you, you have to kind of set yourself up for yeah. that. So. Or you could do what I do and not research, but be prepared to uh, deal with that remorse of like, oh, I should have brought this comic for so-and-so yeah. to sign or, you know, whatever. Just be prepared to, uh, yeah, deal with that. Um, that actually, so this kind of could go with researching, but for my next one, I did uh, pre-register for your tickets. So this is kind oh, of, uh, yeah. this can get break down, down further, but if you know you're going to a con in time for you to order the tickets online and receive them in the mail at home, that I think is the definitely the way to go because you will show up and you will not have to wait in line and you can literally just walk right in and you're going to be just so much happier than 90% of everybody else there. Um, certain cons as well, this is actually a must. So most cons I've been to, it's been like, you know, you might have to wait in line half an hour if you don't you know pre-register but uh anime central here in chicago is like infamous for having the longest lines to just buy a badge i have a friend who went to anime central once and they literally waited in line for five hours on the first day to get their badge and that's where you might want to do research because maybe you don't feel like pre-registering -reg <laughs> or you don't have the money ahead of time and that's okay but I would research a little bit like, is this a con that's famous for having long lines? Am I going to be stuck in line con the whole weekend, as some people say? And some people prefer to wait in line because they like to meet new people while being in line. I think that's kind of funny and weird, but maybe that's what you prefer. But in general, if you can, pre-register, so I think it helps a lot. So talking about lines and there's a little like, I mean, you mentioned the standing in lines thing. Yeah. Star Wars Celebration, Chicago for 2019. They have a they have like a celebration store, so it's like the the official store of the convention. Like you get your celebration T-shirts there, and a few other and like there's some celebration specific stuff you can only get that store. Yeah. To get into that store, <laughs> the line was an eight hour wait. Right. To go shopping, <laughs> like that, like yeah. kills anything you could have potentially seen on the floor. Like what? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just, I, I mean, it's just like it's and too if you're bad. only going one day. 
Yeah. That, like, I bought my t-shirt to prove that I was there, but I didn't see anything <laughs> while I was there. Like, Yeah, that would be pretty rough. I don't know why you would do that, but oh well. Right. Okay, uh, did that go back to me? Yep. Okay. Um, so the next thing I'm going to mention is uh, make a plan. So I mentioned, right. I mentioned researching. It's time to make your plan. What do you want to see? Are you there for panels? Are you there to see creators? Are you there to just wander the floor? Are you there to shop? I mean, yeah. there's tons of stuff to buy. You know, is there like, when in your research, did you find out that Fantasy Flight Games is there to do demos of like a new board game that you wanted to check out? Sweet. Yeah. Find, figure out what your plan and go see that. But have a plan in place so you know what you want to see when. So you've done your research. I want to see all this stuff. And then in your research, you found out that the Batman 80th anniversary panels at this time on this day, awesome, I got to be there at that time to go see that yeah. panel. But at the same time, on the other side of the convention, they have this going on 20 minutes after. Am I going to have time to get to and from? <laughs> You're not going to see everything, but prioritize and go, this is what I want to do the most of, make a plan. No, Yeah, I, I actually really agree with that. I think that's really good advice. And I'm glad you threw in there like, you're not going to go see everything and don't be regretful of that because it's just, you're only going to be able to do so much. But yeah, make a plan. And it, to further that point, I'd say like, this isn't one of my point, one of my uh, picks for my list, but don't be afraid to uh, split up from your friends because one of the worst things I think you can do at a con is just follow your friends around and do everything you don't want to do when you'd rather be at another panel or looking at other booths or whatever and, like, I don't know, I've had some great times, honestly, walking a convention on my own because... So I've, I have a group of friends who we would always get hotels and go to, like, Comic-Con and Anime Central and stuff. But a lot of my friends, honestly, would like to hang out a lot in the hotel, and I actually like to be out doing things. So there was a lot of times I kind of abandoned my friends and then enjoyed myself walking which, the floor. Which is funny that you say that, because when we were at C2E2, you went with me the first two days, but you couldn't go with me the third day. Yeah. And I had a blast, like, no offense, but I yeah. loved walking around by myself. It was so much fun. <laughs> so Exactly. Yeah, you know what? I, and I was and I was, I was wandering the floor by myself thinking to myself, I should do this every year. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. Um, since you mentioned planning, this can kind of go with that. Um, which this is your next pick? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This, uh, this is very all-encompassing in ways, but uh, I say dress for comfort. So, in my opinion, the two biggest important parts is, uh, A, like, know you're going to be walking around, you're going to get hot, so you want to wear layers. Like, if it's cold outside, make sure you wear layers so you can remove those layers and just have your t-shirt and shorts or jeans But or make sure you can remove that upper layer and comfortably carry it around. <laughs> That's true, too. Um, but the biggest thing, in my opinion, is shoes. Like, wear comfortable shoes you're going to be on your feet all day long. All day. And that con carpet, I don't know what kind of carpet it is, but so it's kind of like all the major vendors. Like, let's say we're going to C2E2. DC, Marvel, some of the bit, like, you know, some of the bit, all the big name stuff is all kind of together. Yeah. And then you get into the vendors. Well, all the big name stuff is always on carpeting. And I don't know what that carpet's made out of, but it is... So, like, and you don't think about it at first, but 
halfway through the day, it hurts to walk on it. <laughs> okay. Because of That's how weird. thick that carpeting is. Okay, yeah. You know you what I mean? The, You're uh, just like, oh god, this carpet. <laughs> and you like know this, it's the, and you know it's the floor. <laughs> you know it's not you because then you get off the carpet yeah. and you can walk like a normal human it's being. It's like the sat like the shag carpet version of like trying to walk a sand dune or something. Like, yeah, it's one we- step forward, two it's steps. It's weird back and you're like, man, I gotta hump <laughs> I gotta go over there, but I gotta go through the carpet again. <laughs> right, that's hilarious. I never thought about that, but that's a really good point. Um, but going with the shoes, like I thought, I'd mention. Uh, I do know somebody who uh, cosplayed at a convention once, who wore like six inch. It was a girl who wore like six inch stiletto heels or something, and she wasn't happy by the end of that day. Um, but then also going with cosplay, like. If you are one of mo- if you are gonna cosplay, one of the most important parts, in my opinion, besides just accuracy. Now, of but how you've you cosplayed. I have. Yeah. You've well. Let me rephrase it. You've cosplayed <laughs> at a con. Right. Uh, <laughs> but in my opinion, one of the most important things is comfort because you are gonna be wearing this, and uh, not only that, people are gonna be stopping you to take pictures and, every uh, five feet. Yes, and that's like uh, one of the costumes I've done is a. Uh, Raphael from the Ninja Turtles cosplay and it's actually I don't want to toot my own horn but I'm pretty proud of like the work I put oh, into it. Oh, that but... costume is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. It's fantastic. Thanks. Um but when I I don't wear it a lot at cons because I'm literally stopped every 5 feet and it gets honestly exhausting because you want to give people good pictures so i'll do some cool ninja pose but you know when you're doing that after like every five feet after 20 feet like you're worn out so like comfort is like a huge <laughs> 20 feet thing. you're worn out <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much so uh yeah and that'd probably be my next pick so all right very cool um all right so this comes back to me um i'm gonna say a budget your okay. money um like I said, you've done your research, you've made your plan, you know what you're going for. In your research, you probably saw stuff you want to buy, like the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive I just mentioned, the Bat- the Lego Batman thing. Yeah. There's things that you're going to want to buy, whether it's a t-shirt, a Lego set, maybe it's a board game, maybe it's just comic books. I mean, when I go to a comic book convention, I may shop for other things, but I always buy comics when I go. It's almost mm-hmm. like a need, like, one, I want to read them, but at the same time, I feel like I should be buying a comic book at a comic book convention. Yeah. It's almost like this weird, like, I'm, it's, it, this is my church. I should go support it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so budget and plan for it. Like, if some people charge for autographs and you'd think to yourself, oh man, a celebrity charging for the autograph, that's kind of dumb. Well, sometimes it's not the celebrities, it's the convention ch- making the celebrity charge because they have to pay to have the celebrity there. Yeah. You know, a lot of times that's what that's for. So if you want a certain celebrity's autograph, kind of budget for it. Like know that you know that you might have to spend like $40 for an autograph. You know what I mean? I don't think I've spent more than $40 for an autograph, mm-hmm. like to get something signed. If you do, I um, know if you do photo ops, they can get a lot more expensive actually. Yeah, like, photo ops are a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to, you know, I be smart with your money and know that you can spend a lot of it there. Yeah. But um, just plan for it. Because you, I mean, I'm not, we're just talking con floor. There's the food. There's the parking. The, you know what I mean? Yeah. If you're just going for a day and you haven't bought a pass yet, you still have to buy the pass. Like, yeah. it's, it's not Disneyland, but, <laughs> right. you know. Um, I do, like, this isn't one of my picks, but uh, 
I could piggyback off that and be and say like if you're broke, be okay being broke because there are a lot of th- it doesn't seem that way, but there are a lot of things you can do that are very fun at conventions that and don't very cost inexpensive. Money. Yeah, so like maybe you go there and you spent used all your money on parking in the past, but while you're there, you can get pictures of really cool cosplays. You could network, meet new people. Like there's all sorts of things to do you, if you're creative to have. You fun, can you know? meet a celebrity. <laughs> And not <laughs> pay for an autograph. You could just go up to them, shake their hand, and say, thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm a fan. It's nice to meet you. Yeah. And that's, you know what I mean? And and that doesn't cost a thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, going to see the panels are all free. Um, with exception, sometimes the late night panels might charge because there might be a reason they have to charge. Like, there might be a cover thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but for the most part, all the panels are free. There's... You know, you're there. Yeah. You've paid to be at the convention, so I actually do. I actually know somebody who. Uh, I think I, it's interesting that we haven't matched on anything. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure if we actually would. I do know. I do have a friend who. Uh, I don't know if he still does it, but he used to go to Anime Central every year, and he actually wouldn't walk the con floor a lot. From what I know, what he would actually do is go to one of the hotel lobbies, and uh, sit down and put down a bunch of pencils and a bunch of sheets of paper, and then he would start drawing. But what would end up happening is, like, there'd be a random group of people that would slowly accumulate around him, and they would start drawing, too. And it just ended up being this, like, really cool group of kids just hanging out, drawing pictures of anime characters or comic characters or whatever they want. But that's, like, a perfect example of, like... That didn't cost any money, but everybody was having a blast. It cost the guy money because he brought the paper. Well, yeah, but I mean... But everybody (laughs) else just showed up and did their thing. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, no, that's... But make... You've done your research. You've made your plan. Budget what you want to spend, and that's one of the biggest things I can tell you to do. Awesome. So so going into uh, my next one, this could kind of be related to my dress for comfort one, but I would say be be prepared for the crowd. Uh, Like I kind of already said, this is going to be a lot of people packed into this place. Um, So just be ready to be surrounded by a lot of people. Be comfortable. But one thing that uh, I don't know if everybody thinks is like or thinks of is it's okay to leave kind of the general con area and find somewhere to take a break. Like if you like, uh, I know my wife, for example, really gets claustrophobic around a lot of people. So a lot of times at cons, we've actually had to kind of seclude ourselves, but we've still found like really fun things to do. Like sometimes that might be sitting back in like a kind of slightly secluded seating area, but we still had a blast kind of like people watching over there or something. But uh, there's one con where uh, I was cosplaying as Raphael and she was actually uh, cosplaying as Arrow from the CW show. Yeah, we were there together with that one. Um, And we actually spent a lot of time at that con kind of walking around to the convention center, just finding cool places to take photos of our cosplays and we were kind of like had this uh realization where we're like we're actually having more fun doing this than we were walking around the convention floor so there are cosplayers everywhere looking for (laughs) cool places to take pictures but but it is a fun thing to do if you want a break from all the madness of the show floor so yeah absolutely um does that give me yeah that would go back to you okay so my final pick of the night like i said you've done your research Mine has a theme, if you haven't noticed. You've done your research, you've made your plan, and you have your budget. You're about to enter the show floor. There are tons and tons of things to see. Your eyes are going to be darting everywhere. 
one people watching like you said b shopping like this it's, yeah. it's everywhere here's the thing so my final pick of the night is take your time you're not gonna see everything there's no way to see everything there's things you missed like i ran into a, i ran into a friend during c2e2 uh, when you weren't there and I was walking the floor with her, and she's like, yeah, I got to go buy this watercolor thing that I wanted. I'm like, what watercolor thing? She's like, at the watercolor booth. I'm like, there's a watercolor booth? Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to get to see everything. <laughs> You're going to walk past things and not know what it is, and then something like that's going to happen. Yeah. You know. So the way I look at it is just take your time, wander through slowly, don't rush, look at things for you, don't worry about what your friend's want to look at look at things for you yeah um, and that's one of the things that I realized in my past going experiences is I've gone to conventions on my own and the first couple of conventions you're just like oh my god this is like pop culture overload and you don't know how to handle it and it's like whoa this is huge <laughs> yeah and then you um and then you take a look at the uh and then you start looking around and there's just so much stuff to see and it's just like I said it's overload <laughs> yeah well then you're you know what you're doing the next couple conventions, and then you start going with friends. What happens when you go with friends? They you're the, you're the experienced one, and they're okay, not. Right. So you're trying to be nice and let them look for themselves, <laughs> yeah. and you're not looking at stuff you want to look at, and you're kind of looking at it from afar, and maybe you'll go <laughs> and buy something, and you go yeah. back to your friends. And then you get to go and spend a day by yourself at the convention, and you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't have anyone to cater to, and I can just look <laughs> for myself and do my thing, yeah. and it's amazing. And you get to take your sweet time looking at things, and no one's bugging you. you know. Like So literally, there's so much stuff to do and see. Take your time and enjoy it. Mm -hmm. No, I think that's awesome. So, I think a good strategy to do with that is always do the... Okay, we're in, I'm in the convention, or I'm on the show floor. I'm going to do my initial loop, where you kind of just quickly walk through of everything uh get a lay of the land maybe you see some things that you want to come back and look at closely or things if that you're you doing, might want to buy later on if you're only doing one day yeah be smart about budgeting your time but if you're doing multiple days what you just said is perfect because then you're just you take like when you and i went to see tweets we took the first day and literally just walked and got the lay of the land yeah we didn't really do much it was just let's go over here and check that we checked everything out for the most part because you can walk the show floor mm -hmm. in a day but then you're going to go, man, I wish I had time to do that. Well, that's great because we had extra days and then we could <laughs> yeah. go do these other things. Mm -hmm. But I, I still do think like, or even like if you look at the map and see where everything is, then you can kind of say like, okay, I want to delve deeper here, here, and here. And then you have the time to budget your time to go do that sort right. of thing. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a really good one. And it actually kind of leads into my last pick, which is, um, this one's kind of vague, but... I think it's really important, and it's just remember that there is something for everyone at the convention. So with this, I'm talking more specifically about comic conventions, but I think it's really true. Um, like I said, I've gone to a lot of conventions with friends who, uh, like I've got some friends who are pretty dismissive where they'd walk the show floor for half the day, and they're like, well, there's nothing really there for me. I'm just here to party, and then they'll spend most of the time in the hotel room and like drinking beers or something like that where like I actually I remember being at one of those cons and thinking like do they know there's really like all sorts of merchandise there's literally something I feel like I could buy a gift for everyone I know at one of these cons oh I, I think yeah absolutely depending on I how I can get all my Christmas shopping done yeah at Comic-Con but I think that just goes to show like how wide of a variety of uh 
different kinds of fans that cons can cater to, you know? Um, I mean, I think it really depends on how deep you want to delve into things, but there's such a variety of artists. There's such a variety of merchandise there that if you really want to either look at stuff really closely until you find the right thing you want to buy, or if you just want to talk to different creators and artists, uh, in depth as well as just like enjoying their merchandise. I really think there is some kind of experience that you can definitely enjoy for the duration of the convention. So I guess that's as my last point is kind of like stop saying you're not having fun at a con because there's definitely something there for you. <laughs> so No, absolutely. <laughs> and that makes complete sense. That's a great pick to be to kind of close that out. And it yeah. brings you back to the ready player one thing which I've said before. Everything's awesome. You know, everyone likes their own things, and that's yeah. That's one thing that's really cool is there's there's a lot of negativity on the internet, and we've talked about that in the past, and how I'm not a fan of the negativity, and I want to be positive on the show. Like I want to talk about the things that I like, and if you notice, we like a lot of things, but if you guys also noticed, we don't talk about the things we don't like. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you know, like sometimes we do, but sometimes yeah, we do. But I mean, if there's something we haven't talked about, that doesn't yeah. that just means it probably hasn't fit in a category of a list we've done yet you yeah. know what i mean or not a news topic but mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about the things that we don't like for the most part well there's um it's funny this is kind of on a tangent but i was actually in a conversation with a friend earlier today about uh captain marvel and i actually was like the movie and i was actually a little bit critical of certain things in the movie and my friend said you're just hard to please and like i kind of was like no well, i actually love superhero films and i want them all to be great so and i think certain ones deserve a little bit of criticism all criticize but with that being said i'm never going to be the guy who says you shouldn't like that movie because it sucks and if you like it you're an idiot right, you know right. i'm if so, you like the movie more power to you that's right. awesome i might not but and here's the things i didn't like but that doesn't mean i can't find things to like about the movie and that i hate it completely or that I just think you're wrong for liking right. it. Right. You know? So what you said about how there's something for everyone, what, my, the, what I was going to say was that in my Ready Player One tangent there was everything's awesome, but with all the negativity on the internet, yeah. there's no negativity at conventions. None. That's true. It's almost like part, yeah. everyone is there to see something that they care about, mm -hmm. and we're all just having a good time with the things that we care about. Yeah. So there's no negativity. It's like this is awesome. This is yeah. great. I'm here. This is this is fantastic. You know, there's no like ah oh, Marvel sucks or DC yeah. sucks or whatever. That's not what happens. What happens is is like everyone's like, "Oh, what's Marvel got going on?" You know, when you go check it out and you're like, "What these guys got going yeah. on?" You know, so That's what uh I actually I love that feel with conventions too cuz I remember being at a convention once and like in the real world, in your daily life, maybe at your job or, you know, with certain friends groups, you kind of can't wear your fandom on, on your sleeve at all points. Like, I know both of us try to as much as we can. I wear my fandom on my yeah. sleeve everywhere I go. But, but, but sometimes you don't feel that way. And I remember being at a con once and just thinking, like, this is freaking awesome. Every single person here is a weirdo. Like, we're all freaks and we don't care and it's right. amazing. And, like, I just think that's, like, a really great feeling. So Right. All right, well, that brings us to the end of the list for the week. Um, are you ready to hear what we're going to do next week? Yeah, definitely. Okay, so I was thinking about this. Um, Is it top five things not to do at a con? No. <laughs> That'd be fun. Um, we, uh, we haven't done a year in a while. Okay. Okay, so I thought to myself, let's do a year, because years are always fun, because our rule is you have to rank a year. But this year has a purpose and a reason. We're going to do movies from 1989. 
The reason we're going to do night movies from 1999 is because we're in the middle of the year 2019. So every single movie on this list is 30 years old. Are we doing 99 or 89? 89. 89? Okay. So every movie on this list is 30 years old. Now, I know you were three in 1989, <laughs> but I also right. know in hindsight you've seen a lot of movies I'm that sure, came out. I'm sure I've seen and at when least you five look, of them. And when you look it up, you're going to go, oh my God, that was that year and that was yeah. that year. You know what I mean? You grew, you're you like the third in a group of four brothers. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of movies, mostly because like I watched a lot of them too. Yeah. So. Nice, um, yeah, I'm excited I just thought I was that. like, so this is basically like, consider it a 30th anniversary list. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'd be kind of, it's I funny. Think be kind of cool. I'm really excited about this one. I can only think of one, I only know one movie for sure that actually came out that year, but yeah, this should be pretty fun. So when, when, how about this? I've already looked at the list. Yeah. I, I've already kind of Googled it to kind of see because I was like, ooh, that we should do a 30th anniversary list. And I actually thought it'd be kind of cool to, as we go forward with this podcast, maybe always do a 30th anniversary list. Nice. So, like, yeah. next year we would do uh, 1990. Okay. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, I just thought, you know what I mean? So yeah. we always do, like, a 30th anniversary list. I thought that'd be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'd say since it's top five report, we could do 50 years, but I don't know if I've seen a lot of movies from 1969. I, <laughs> <So>. Sure. <laughs> sure. So, um, yeah, so that's why I was like, this could be really cool. So we're going we're gonna to give this a go. Sweet. So uh, movies from 1989... 30th anniversary uh, specialist, and we'll do that. So, Sounds great. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we close out for the night? Um, keep going to cons because they're fun. and yes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, keep all right. going to the cons because they're fun, and you know. That's our, <laughs> that's our slogan right. this episode. Well, let's, well, we've talked enough for tonight. Let's Definitely. close this out. Yeah. So please check us out on our website, top5report.com. There you will find all the links to our social media, Twitter, and um facebook you will also find a link to our uh, email top five report at gmail.com if you want to interact with the show please send us a email if you have an idea for a list we'd love to hear it because maybe we'll do it on the show Uh, we're always looking for new list ideas uh we are also on apple podcasts there you can subscribe to us and if you do you will not miss a single episode uh, please share us with your friends and also on Apple Podcasts, you can rate us. We love five-star reviews, um, but we also prefer we also understand criticism because it helps us get better and it makes the words we say sound important. Um, you can follow me personally on Twitter and Instagram at Drew3927. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ninja Pierre, and uh, that's where I'll, we'll be trying to get the showrunners of the new Lobo show to include shot-for-shot shot scenes from Out of Sight. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Um, so for the Top 5 Report, I'm Drew. I'm Peter. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.